Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents. I was thinking about the sales pitch. What are you pitching us, Michael? <laughs> Every time I say my name, I think about um, Kiefer Sutherland when I say it like that. I think about Kiefer Sutherland in the um, Lost Boys, 1987. Yeah. Uh, the vampire movie to watch when I was growing up, right? And Rice had an uh, interview with the vampire with uh, Cruz and Brad Pitt and Christian Slater. I need to rewatch that. It's a great movie. I had forgotten that um, the end credits of that movie have this incredible cover of uh, Sympathy for the Devil by Guns N' Roses. And I just love it. Um, but Kiefer Sutherland, he's he's, he's, he's getting on to the uh, the main character, Michael. Not only noodles, Michael. <laughs> he's, he's messing with him. It's the sales pitch he's giving him. I didn't even think about that until right now. The subconscious lottery, right? That uh, he's he's trying to get him into the uh, occult, into the vampire family. Is what he's doing. He's giving him a sales pitch. I was listening to this it is it's a monumental kind of piece uh dave chappelle as a uh, little masterpiece he calls unforgiven where he's telling some stories about how he was pitched his uh contract um the, the biggest thing I want you to take away from it is, is what he asked. He he said, for anybody who's ever liked him or thought anything of him, don't stream, don't watch Chappelle's show. That they took the show from him, they have not paid him, they continue to use it without his permission, that it's his work. And though he signed a contract and that uh, he'd done the work for them, he feels like he should be rewarded for it, should be paid for it, and that as long as people are streaming it the way that it's currently set up, they're doing a disservice to him. That you should boycott him, that you should not watch the show, and when they come around and they decide they're going to do the right thing, in his eyes, and pay him, then... You go back to watching Chappelle's show. Why should you follow this advice? You might ask Michael Craver. And I'm going to tell you why. Because for the first time, he's publicly sort of, especially in the in recent years, he has publicly stated in this same piece that he is considering a return to a sitcom or to a parody show of that nature that he said he had thought about doing Chappelle's show all over again coming back to it in modern times where we have all of these political things that there is no shortage uh, the need for humor has never been greater is a genius in the way that he tells stories and he does he tells stories George Carlin used to tell stories. He wasn't selling you anything. You, you might have bought tickets to go see him perform. But I've watched the American Archive of Television's Lifetime 
interview that they do with a lot of people. They get some really great interviews with Pat Morita and you name a person that's on their website. They've got a lot of clips on YouTube. It's the Archive of American Television. And George Carlin, in his uh, one of his clips, talks about how he found this uh, triptych for Martha Kessler's uh, Act of Creation, which is a great book. And uh, the triptych talks about the journey from someone who is a jester, a joker, to someone who uses um, colorful language and they become the poet. But if they were to perform that with this great panache and this great energy for the world, and they become a performing per- poet. And the way George Carlin looked at his evolution was he was a writer. And now he's a writer who performs his own material. That this journey that he'd become from this funny man to a poetic man. To a person who performs his poetry and shares it with the world with great artistry. I think that's true for some folks. And that's a journey many people will go on and they'll never find step three. People ask me how I arrived at doing a podcast or how I arrived at some of the writing that I do. And I said, well, people used to ask me, what are you writing? That's the whole reason I bought my website. (laughs) I said... Here, go have a look. Now, when you ask me what I'm writing while it's going on, it's always the same answer. Nothing special. Might be one day, I don't know. But uh, the reason the podcast came about was to share, and I thought, well, I do enough formatting and writing and have these creative nuances that I can just, it'll be more of a performance. And in the style of my writing, I will take the listener on a journey and we'll start out and and here we are we're talking about the sales pitch of vampires and then if you're looking at it metaphorically the higher power subconscious thinking behind the vampire analogy to they sucked the life and the blood out of dave Chappelle. they drove him out of the comedy business when he left for for 10 years there's a common theme behind all these people whether you see them or not i don't know what this guy's talking about there's vampires, and then there's dead black comedians, and now there's dead George Carlin, and how the hell's he going with this? Carlin talked about the same things. Talked about society being this vacuum that just, the great gifts that human beings have been given. Higher pattern thinking, opposable thumbs, the ability to mechanize and, and use tools and technology, and what are people doing with it? They're making TikTok videos and they're buying stuff at the Dollar Tree and they're filling up the landfill and they're destroying the community and the people all around them. It's all vanity. When I started out, many of the other episodes talk about this, I had sort of thrown the, my little escaping vanity label on this podcast. And made fun of that coincidence, it's not a coincidence, I did it on purpose, that I named it Escaping Vanity and then I put it into a public podcast that, you know, I remember somebody saying to me, you know what you should do so more people will listen to your podcast, 
so more people will listen to a podcast called Escaping Vanity. Is that what you're you're trying to turn my podcast more vain? And it already <laughs> it already is. I hope that if you're taking the time to listen, you get something out of it. Whether it's a soothing voice, I can't remember. Some somebody said to me, they said you have you have an ASMR voice, and I was like, ASMR voice? I think you just said I should be the announcer at the Special Olympics or something. That's not what it means. It's audio symmetry. I don't know. I'll pull it up here while I'm talking to you. But the premise behind what she was saying was a compliment that it was something that was a soothing voice and so forth and so on and autonomous sensory meridian response. So I guess if you're listening to this and you have an experience of what Wikipedia calls low-grade euphoria characterized by a combination of positive feelings and distinct static-like tingling sensation on the skin. Uh, I'm hoping I'm not making your skin crawl. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Anyway, it was meant as a compliment. (laughs) But I like to tear things apart. I like to let you think. And that's the difference here. I don't have a sales pitch. The whole point of this episode was... I don't sales pitch. I'll lay options out in front of you. You pick what's best for you, and we live with the consequences. I've got my, you know, there's so many of these things, and she guess I should start writing a book because there's themes for enough chapters to fill up uh, what would be a a full length uh, first, you know, book for somebody to put out. Right, the first step in any process is to give a fuck. Well, that was long before George. George, Mr. Peterson came out with his 12 Rules for Life. Don't get me wrong, he's been a practicing clinical psychologist much longer than I've been doing any of this stuff. But nobody knew those things, right? So you're the first step in any process. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> it's like all these little, you know, and I'm sure some of those things are a little more coarse than what somebody wants to, to have to go through. Coarse. Don't want to have to go through a course. You get it? It's a C-O-R. So you just... It's a lot of higher pattern thinking, and I don't do the sales pitch thing. You can think what you want. I'm going to leave it out there on the table. If you want to go through the first step, do it. If you want to be one, be one. But the goal, uh, for me anyway, is to organize my thoughts, and maybe it's it provides an alternative formula, equation, if you will, for you to look at and go, you know what? I wasn't able to get there. Now you've walked me through this way to get there. They always say this, you know, this the shortest beto- point between, or the shortest distance, is that what it is? Between two points is a line, right? If you make a zigzag line, a diagonal, you know, the, all of these things just make the distance greater. The shortest route would be the, a straight line between two. And when that's cut off, the next best option is, mm, you know me, I'm not, I'm going to throw it out there where it's going to say, hey, consider all the factors. Consider whether you're stressed, whether you, you know, you care. What are the consequences? You know, there's another chapter for the book, the consequences. You can say whatever you want. You just never know what it'll cost you. Yeah, I know a guy who said that one time. You know, they believe everything then you're capable of anything. Well, yeah, you are, because they'll believe everything. 
You don't have to do it. it it's, it's taken for granted. Ironically, I, taken for granted is not even, it's one of those oxy, I don't know that oxymoron is the right term, but it's one of those terms that is completely inaccurate and has no plausibility. Taken for granted. Well, you give out grants. You don't take them. You submit things, and then they give you the grant. It's never taken. You can't take a grant. I, I mean, I guess you could kidnap somebody named Grant, but you, know, you can't. You understand the concept of the financials of a grant and then how it's given to people. Given to people. How they're granted the money, and whether they deserve it through committee or submission or contest or whatever it is. It's never taken. So little things that uh, are like that are they're a sales pitch to you people give you a you know what we can do no what can we do we can do that <laughs> maybe maybe not they might be selling you something how many times have i talked about things like cars where they're going to give you a great deal and then you find out that you know there's some thermostat issue or whatever it might be where they're never you're gonna have a recall now you may talk to a lot of owners at this point in time a car that was released let's say seven or eight years ago that's a lot of people that's probably enough for a recall there's too many miles on those cars and too much headache now if they could send some money back to the original folks wouldn't that be something to do the right thing oh i don't know like Chappelle was asking for Here's people who got gypped on their contract in the beginning. But why don't you go back after the fact where you've made all this interest and you've got all this money that you've accumulated and give back part of it? What do you want to do with yourself? You know, what's the sales pitch? Are you in one of these multi-level marketing groups? I know people in my community, people I work with and otherwise, they've, you know, if you'll just join our club... You'll be rolling in money. Why wouldn't you do it? I don't know, because I'm already working for a living. Because I don't want to sell people something. You know, that's I get told that, you know, you should, you should be in sales. No, I'm not going to be in sales because people believe me, and they'll believe anything. <laughs> I don't want to sell them anything. I'm more than happy to stand behind something I believe I mean, if I develop something, you could say that this podcast is some kind of sales pitch, but it ain't. What am I selling you? You can download it if you want. Listen if you want. If you don't, do the opposite. <laughs> really simple. That's a sales pitch. Uh, I I believe that there's a difference between awareness and sales pitch. If I said to you, like I'll put on you know the timeline, you know here's here's episode number thirty three. It's about sales pitches. What am I selling you? I'm not garnering. There's there's nothing changing hands here. I'm paying out the back door uh, or out the front door. I'm paying out the front door and taking it in the back. <clears throat> Never mind. There is a hemorrhaging of funds that goes on when I create one of these podcasts, right? Because I'm spending the time. I bought the equipment. I've paid for the storage space, the website. Da, 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 da. I don't have any money coming in. Think about that. But hey, if I can sell you anything, maybe you'll believe that. Maybe you believe there's no money coming in. Is there? I don't know. I don't know. 
you could say it's a sales it's, it's a sales pitch, man. You know why? Because one day you're going to have like 700 episodes and somebody's going to pay you for your catalog. It could happen, but it's not created for that purpose. I think you'd be foolish in some way, shape, or form to turn down some way, well, under the right circumstances, to turn down the chance to uh, <clears throat> make money on your hard work, on your original content. And these concepts are mine. Yes, there's there's some ideas floating around about reformatting some of these episodes that I do, playing clips from otherwise noteworthy occasions, speeches, events, and then breaking them down or using them for reference points or talking points. I, that may certainly happen. But I don't have, and I hope you don't in your life, have a big sales pitch for people. With, I think it's one thing to invite people and they join up and they feel that they're getting what they pay for. You give them an invitation. It's another thing to talk someone into something. Guy asked me uh, recently in an interview, he was, he was talking about, what would you do in this situation? And uh, I said, you ever seen the example where there's a salesman and he's in a situation and the guy goes, here, sell me this pencil. He says, all right, do you need a pencil? Yes. All right, what kind of pencil? Look at this pencil. Here's the features. If you ask them if they need that pencil and the young man or woman says no, you say, I appreciate your time. You let me know if you're in the market for a pencil. And that's where it's at. You identify the ability to help someone or if they have a need, perhaps a desire. But you may, you watch enough Shark Tank, things of that nature, they're going to tell you that you need to find a, a void out there for your niche, for your business. You need to identify a need that is not otherwise being filled so that you have the ability to capitalize, you know, I guess in that vacancy out in the world. Oh, there's not somebody who can glue mirrors back together? Look at this product. And I've seen that. There's there's some kind of product on YouTube now that's like a super glue that you're supposed to be able to put on mirrors or glue them back together. You know, and I'm not playing with that. Look into that. I saw the video. Now, it may turn out that I'm telling you that you can look at that because it seems amazing. Turns out it's just a hoax. <laughs> you know, it was some video I saw where they were parroting something. Could happen. You know, I talked about that in the last episode. Where you get your information from. Is it reliable? Would you admit when you're wrong? I think it's vitally important that, you know, in, in situations just like what I was just in. I don't know if that stuff is any more than a video that's been produced. To be honest with you, I don't know if there's a real product behind it. When I was younger, I was um, in management training at a restaurant. This guy had his laptop out, and he, he brought out these videos. B-R-A-W-N, like brawn, like the uh, paper towels. Brondo. It was B-R-A-W-N-D-O. Brondo energy drinks. And I, I think they did produce some of these, but uh, as a gag or something, maybe. 
Anyway, it was Brondo the Thirst Mutilator. <laughs> and it was like, if you drink these energy drinks, you'll feel like a tractor trailer running over a freight train or a monster truck that's jumping off a cliff or, you know, these wild examples. And it was these funny videos, you know. It'll make, Brondo will make you win at things that you're not good at already. It'll make you win at things that you couldn't win at before, like yelling. It'll make you win at yelling. And I was like, what the fuck? This is, it's, it's completely outrageous, and it's funny. And many things that I've said to people over time have been funny. Like, you, if you don't look at them from the fundamentals, right, you're not going to get that. Oh, yeah, a responsible person would never get sick in their whole life. What? You don't control if you get <laughs> That's right, your immune system controls. If you get sick, sure, you can be, you know, com- I guess you could be closed down or sheltered or, you know, cut off from the world for most of your, or all of your life and not, you know, get the normal sicknesses. But that's quite out of the ordinary, you know, math and science. The law average says you're going to get sick in your life. You don't have any control over that at all. Well, yeah, you do. You wash your hands and you do all this and you do all that, and, you know. Our averages, you're going to get sick. It's going to happen. And it's not going to be anything you decide on. That's the, the whole point of this piece of the podcast is you don't understand. Like, if you're having that argument with yourself, you're not getting that fundamental piece. Like, no, we don't intentionally get sick. You do sort of avoid sickness. And it's uncontrollable for the most part. I mean, any reasonable person sees that, right? Yeah. Who determines what's reasonable? I don't, law of averages, you know, reason is the variance in, in there, right? You're mean. That's mean. Remember, that's from a, a different podcast with Ron Jones. That's mean. I said, I'm not mean. Mean's average. I'm not average. And I think that there's, there is, there's, there's a sales pitch in, in a lot of things. But if, if you're identifying the fundamentals, like the need, like, you don't want to be sick, right? So you, what is your need in that situation? Well, you, you need to stay healthy so you can go to work and manage your kids and you don't want to be down in bed and flu. and Right. So do I need to go out here and market a product on television to tell you, you know, you don't want to get sick? Drink this snake juice. Now, are you going to drink my snake juice? Hopefully not. Be a reasonable person. But there's a lot of folks out there who are in that multi-level marketing and whatever else. That's right. Herbalife will cure cancer. Will it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you got to look at it from the outrageous perspective. Oh, if you can get five people to sign up, you can go on a beach vacation. And, <laughs> you know, there's the, 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 the best. Uh, John Oliver has a multi-level marketing episode. It's, it's up on YouTube that you can watch. There's also a tremendous clip from The Office where Jim tells Michael he's in a multi-level marketing situation. And he says, no, I'm not. If you can get these many people to sign up and these many people to sign up and he goes up on the board, he says, it's a pyramid scheme, right? It's not a pyramid scheme, Jim. And he draws a triangle around the shape on the board and he's like, oh my God, it's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> you know? And... 
I just I don't think of like the things that I do as being a sales pitch. You know, yet you know a lot of what's described to me is you know you should be in sales. No, I, I don't believe that. I think if people are fans of yours, I, you know it it comes across to me as if you've got the title or on your resume you've got sales. I just look at you like you're full of it. I'm in sales. I've been successful in sales for a long time. I've got a lot of people to believe certain things and spend money. I've gotten people to believe things and hand over their money. Yeah. Con men. What's the difference between you and a con man? Well, I'm on salary and uh, 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 selling goods. He's selling goods. People get a service that they pay for. Yeah, they, same thing. Uh, they're satisfied in the end. Well, I don't know if you got tricked and you don't know it. You're probably satisfied in the end. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really in that situation boils down to whether they figure out that you're full of it. Are you discovered? It doesn't change the the premise here. You're a salesman. They're a salesman. I just I think the label of sales is just. You know, I'm a contractor. Excellent. We agree on a price. We make a contract. No, I'm in sales. I sell people stuff. You selling people stuff they don't need? No. Do they sign a sales contract? Mm-hmm. You're a contractor. I, no. I want to be in sales. You're a contractor. You have a contract with them. It's a sales contract. It's a contract. You may label it all kinds of things. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you if you have a hot dog stand, a sushi bar, whatever, you're a restaurateur. No, I'm not. I'm a sushi owner, a restaurateur. See how you're part of the restaurant business associations and how you have liquor license like other restaurants and so forth. So, yeah. Well. And you're a restaurateur. Like, you know, people try to put so many labels on themselves because they're trying to sell you something. I'll put a bunch of labels on myself. What's the name of this podcast? Is Michael L. Craver Presents, right? And I think it says based on the live, true life story or <laughs> adventures or something of Michael L. Craver, um, which is an exaggerated way to describe myself. Am I selling myself to you? Uh, I don't think so. I don't agree. I think when you start articulating words down to the wire and you say, look, um, Biden gave a speech and he promised this and that in exchange for donations to get a job that pays this and, you know, the other perks and the side effects that go with all of the bureaucracy that goes there into it and the money that gets channeled through those bureaucracies. Is he giving you a sales pitch? Absolutely. Absolutely. He doesn't have a contract with you. He's giving you a sales pitch. Or can you hold him accountable for those things? Mm-mm. Because you don't have a contract. <gasps> now, we started this off by saying Dave Chappelle was duped. He has a contract. Don't watch Netflix. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Do watch Netflix, Dave Chappelle. Don't watch the uh, streaming versions of the uh, Chappelle show. You want to watch Dave Chappelle? Turn on his wonderful... Netflix specials he has, you know, buy some DVDs, whatever. That's the difference. You want to break it down fundamentally, 
you're in sales, you're driving people towards something that does not have a contract. Now, if it has a contract, you're a contractor. That doesn't have extenuating circumstances where you can be a bad guy. You know, there's bad contractors. People do all kinds of bad work on people's homes and services and otherwise, and they're contractors, and they, you know, let people down in whatever way, shape, or form. Maybe they mistreat their employees or otherwise. And if you are part of a community where you enjoy giving money to the church, and they're turning around and giving that money to you know, the, the organizations, they're running community functions, they're doing these things. Is that a sales pitch? Well, I don't think so. De- depending what's going on with it, you know, you find out you got a crooked preacher running off in a Cadillac, maybe. It can happen. It can happen. That's like the mutation of the virus. However, they're not trying to get you in the door as a lifetime sales pitch, to, to the best of my knowledge, to funnel the church. No, there's people on that kick. You got guys like Joel Osteen. You'd send your money to me, to the Lord, so you get into heaven. And he's got books and whatever else because he's a marketing machine. I mean, he's that's what he is. He's a way for people to make money. That's a persona as much as a brand ambassador, you know, Hulk Hogan or somebody would be for wrestling or Michael Jordan for Nike. He's the brand ambassador for that church and for himself. So... When you look around and you say, Mm-mm, I don't agree. Well, it's like my last podcast. You may not have all the information. It could be that you've got good information that I don't have You know, all the right answers. I don't have all the information that I would need to come to the same conclusion that you have. You're more than welcome to share it with me. People submit questions. They send in suggestions. Do it. Michael, you know what? You've been full of it about this subject. And I need to set you straight. Go ahead. I like having better information. I'm going off of somebody else's information for the most part. You can't tell me my stories are wrong. I lived them. As far as information goes, most everything that I'm using is, is part of the world, right? It's researched by somebody or I learn it. I go look in a book. I am a diverse palette that's been painted on by many different influences. And guys like Dave Chappelle and Carlin and... Doug Stanhope, and you know that that list is just starting growing and growing. I mean, hell, there's ninety five thousand songs on my external hard drive. Why? Because it depends what mood I put an old music on, or maybe it's stuff I discovered, maybe it's stuff I lived through. There's stuff on there I haven't gone through. And you know, I grew up, went to work with my dad, who was always listening to oldies ninety three point one, which is now I think ninety three the Wolf or something. I. I remember hearing radio advertisements, but I remember the music. And I know that radio is paid for by advertising. So they have people in sales. They sign them to a sales contract, and they sell commercials. All right? So you're listening to something. You're watching your television show. It's being marketed, and now there's commercials. I got Hulu with no ads. Yeah, because they tricked you into buying it with no ads, and so they have more of your money. No, there's more time on my hands now. Okay. But the reality of it is they just got the money from you directly instead of getting it from the advertisers. So did they trick you or did you trick them? Well, I got more time on my hands and less money, so what's more valuable to you? I mean, that's what it boils down to. You'll be getting up, doing exercises, getting some out of the fridge, whatever. There's designs 
uh, in the TV show are for breaks. So you might as well enjoy the breaks. That's where you think about it like that. You get up, you have a bathroom break, you do this, you do that, get back to the show. It creates responsibility. You can't get lost in your own world. If you pay enough, you can have isolation. Is that what it's teaching you? Is that what you're looking for? I'm going to pay extra money and I'm going to stay in this whole floor of this hotel by myself. Ain't going to have any neighbors. It's just ridiculous like that. And there's people who live that way in such a way that they buy the house next door to them. In extreme cases, on the left and the right. I don't want no neighbors. <laughs> just buy some property out in the middle of nowhere and build a house. You know, buy something with more acreage. I just, it's it's so rough to me to think about the things that people have been sold in this country and around the world that, you know, certain things are negotiable in terms of how much waste you can put in the air and what it'll do to the temperature. And we, we'll live with it. It'll be okay. Look, the climate can just keep going up and up and up. Yeah. How's that mask treating you? Mm. It's taking forever. I paid for this. What's taking so long for it to get here? People in other countries are suffering the circumstances of the atmosphere, whether it be the virus or otherwise. And at the end of the day, the overpopulation and the lack of education is the number one factors. I mean, side by side, you got too many people, you can't get stuff done. It's not livable. It starts boiling over. I mean, you can take any example and do this. You got a bunch of stickers, put them on a basketball. And then try to put 3,000 stickers on the basketball, and then 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. They won't fit. Right. Well, that's, I mean, there's so much land on earth, and yes, and so where do you grow the crops, and what trees are going to clean the air, and how much clean water do you need, and what's going into the groundwater underneath all of those neighbors that you got who are developing this and pouring, you know, their car oil in the ground and round up on their plants and whatever else. It'll catch up to you. Evolution is slow, my friend. Overpopulation happens usually in, over the course of a lifetime. You'll see drastic changes. So maybe it don't affect you today. Are you one of those green piece kind of... <laughs> no. I assure you I'm not. But I want you to consider this. How many folks and how many examples can you give me if you start looking in any direction? People who are having X number of children. This is their per capita income. This is what it costs to raise a child. The education level is this. Higher education is this. Debt ratio is this. Mm. I know that's complex, right? Maybe you're not even following along with what I'm saying. You make $40,000 a year. So does your significant other. You want to have, we want to have five kids. All right, well, I guess she ain't going to be working for a good while. No, we're going to pay a nanny. Then you don't get the one-on-one time with those children. You want to know why there was more integrity in all the people that were raised before you when the mother or father was at home all the time, one working parent? That's why. You want a classroom with one teacher and ten kids? I want my kids to go to school and there will be one teacher and 50 kids. Oh, for that one-on-one attention, right? So that they can get concentrated on and get the help they need? Is that the way you want your hospital to be? One doctor to 600 patients? Mm-mm, I'd like more one-on-one time, and I'd like for the healthcare system to 
prioritize me and why would you want to do that to me think about the choices you're making if you have a tremendous amount of unproductive people then reproduce <clears throat> do, you, do you think those unproductive people are producing productive people I mean could you build a house like that could you build heavier and heavier layers on weaker layers mm -mm. well can you take weaker layers and then continue to build weaker layers and hope it gets stronger as time goes mm -mm. oh is that right? Hmm. Where is this thing where you can put less and less money into something, or the same amount of money into something, and in the end, you get more money out of it? Uh, well, you put it in the stock market, and uh, all those lying bastards from, <laughs> from Arthur Anderson and uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and AIG, and you name it, right? All of them who cooked the books and lied and sold mortgages and then pinned them on other people. Those people in sales, is that what you're talking about? Who ruined the economy as a bubble now? The economy right now, the stock market has never been higher. So, if the world is in such bad shape and things are slowing down and everybody's hurting, how the fuck is the stock market so high? Because those people are full of shit. That's why. And you're going to see it. It'll crash again. Once the trick comes out from underneath those numbers, it'll crash again. If it's one company at a time. You, well, it looks like there was some insider trading and this and that. <laughs> yeah, there was. Because they're trying to milk the system. and They're trying to steal it out from underneath of you. If that one guy can trick enough people with his snake juice... Get you to drink juice from his snake. That's what you do. You, metaphor or not. If he can trick you into that and then run on to the next town, he got your money. He got your resources. He's got your time. Things that took you a tremendous, maybe your whole life, all that time to accumulate, and now it's gone. I mean, we brought Walmart into this town, but then, then we closed the hardware store and Jim over there, I mean, he used to sell paint, and now the paint store's gone, and the fabric store down in the corner's gone, and the grocery store's closed, and now everybody's making $11 an hour, and there's no business owners, no equity in the town, because every dollar you siphon goes right through that store and out to Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah. Now the town's depleted. Yeah. And what happens if Walmart leaves? You think all those people are going to be able to start their businesses up again? <laughs> Have they amassed an accumulation of knowledge for those things? Been working over the hardware department at Walmart? Well, no, because Jim's in hardware, and he's in sporting goods another day, and then men's clothes another day. Right, and he didn't have the expertise or the lifetime of learning that the guy at the hardware store does from doing it as a specialty his whole life. And he wasn't in sales. He was just helping people make a purchase. you got to upsell people. Do they have a need? Well, you're maybe, maybe you're not selling them anything. Maybe you're just meeting their needs. And as George Carlin talked about, uh, if someone tells you they're not meeting your needs and they're being unreasonable, then you just tell them. Drop some of your needs. Mm. Mm. I love my comedian um, influences because they are animated and they throw their voice and they're great at telling stories. And it brings everything together.
And if you listen to them over a long period of time, you see this novella that they're developing, right? Oh, man, he took me on a journey. Remember when he used to talk about this? He's talking about this. I've seen him make these transitions. He went from stage one to stage two to three. He's really evolving. It's been an interesting thing to watch happen. And I think that about so many influential people in my life. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of those people who died young, you know, like Harry Chapin. But um, it's amazing what they were able to do in their lifetime to help other people out. And they weren't trying to sell nothing. They are trying to entertain you. Trying to give you a little break from the norm, right? Or put a smile on your face. And then maybe from listening to them, they were trying to get you to help one another out. I think Harry Chapin's Why Hunger is the organization he started years ago when he was, he was just drumming up money for world hunger. That doesn't mean that he's trying to feed into the idea that you have a terrible population that continues to degenerate in a lack of education and it's all materialistic. Whatever. No, nobody said to be irresponsible with your reproductive organs. Trying to help the people that are here. And if someone tries to turn that into something else, mm, trying to sell you something that it wasn't intended for. That wasn't a need that we have. We don't have a need for more irresponsible people. We have a need to feed people that are here. Break it down that way. Think about it. Ask questions. Do I need this? What am I going to do with this? Will I ever need this? Does somebody else need this? Maybe more than me? Hmm. There's enough posture and enough questions I've laid on you in the last little while. This was not a podcast I plan to bring to a conclusion because I don't have all of those answers. As I said in the beginning, I ask a lot of questions. I'd like for you, if you're listening, and you care, right? Ask some questions. Ask your own questions. Don't ask my questions. Come up with, you know, what are you, you know, what are your needs? What do you, maybe you have a different thing. What should my budget really be? Should I seek therapy? Should I get medication? Should I, you know. So, uh, I appreciate it. But I've got to get back from lunch. It's been a cold Wednesday, January the 13th, 2021. And I am no doubt going to find me some kind of animated music to put in front and behind this episode. Catalog it to go on Spotify and Stitcher and iTunes and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify. And, yeah, I'll probably share the links. Share with your friends if you want. Send in a question, comment, concern. Knock it out of the park. But I hope you enjoy yourselves. And uh, I don't like wasting anybody's time. So enjoy yourselves. And uh, next time, if you don't like it so much, just turn it off. This is not a sales pitch for you to listen and get more and more people to give me more and more money. It's more about being a great person and being a good example. And um, I've been hit by a lot of things in my life, and you roll with the punches, but uh, maybe as you get older, you turn into a role model. Hmm. Maybe I'll talk about that next time. Appreciate you joining me for Michael L. Craver Presents. This has been fun. Trying to figure out if we got anywhere. (laughs)
Enjoy your Wednesday. Oh, you're dreaming now.